0: rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for giving us a Bible. God, thank you that we can meet together in freedom. God, there's so many places in the world where they're meeting in fear. But God, so far we are meeting God with confidence, and we're thankful for that, we're thankful that we have a Bible that we can trust, and we have a God that we can trust. God, be with us tonight. God, help this message, God, to be a blessing, help it to be a challenge, help it to be a challenge to me, and uh, pray that you get the honor and glory God for everything that's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, tonight we're going to talk about exercise. Now... I am not an expert on exercise, as you can see, my svelte 300 pounds, but uh, I, am not, I am not an expert on exercise, but we are going to talk about exercise, the Bible talks a little bit about exercise, and um, I was going to get an elliptical up here, but I wouldn't i work out. I'd be sweating before the end of the service. I found some funny quotes about exercise. Exercise in the morning before your brain figures out what you're doing. <laughs> uh, exercise. I thought you said extra fries. Yeah. I just saw three people jogging outside, and it inspired me to get up and close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I get most of my exercise shaking my head in disbelief. <laughs> and uh, boy, that's, that's why I don't listen to the news. I'd be shaking my head all the time in disbelief. I, You know, I, I had this thing, and I should have brought it tonight. I have this this sheet at home that talks about the death of good old common sense. Common sense was a good guy, and then common sense said that, you know, it's excellent. Well, unfortunately in our country, the, Common sense is is gone. But physical exercise is important. We used to, before the mosquitoes drove us in the house, we used to walk every day. By the way, Mrs. Breyer, I have good news. We walked at Montezuma yesterday. They're mostly dead. They're not all dead, but they're mostly dead. And uh, But... I don't have any at my house now because we got that cold weather and it killed most of them. So we walked there. We got bit at the end, but not bad. So it, was, it wasn't like before. But exercise is good. When we were exercising, we were walking every day. I was feeling good. I felt good. My knees felt good. My legs felt good. Everything felt good. But I got out of the habit of exercising. And I could feel the difference. We need to exercise consistently. Consistently. But spiritual exercise is obviously more important than physical exercise according to our text. It's much more important. And exercise takes work. Exercise takes work. Even this little two pound weight takes work. And if I keep doing this, I might get tired after a while. Um, uh, But exercise takes work. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. See what it says? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Exercise is work. And spiritual exercise is work. But first of all, we can exercise wrongly. We can exercise wrongly. Just like you can do physical exercise wrongly. Now, I could... Pump, pump iron, There's two pounds. I could, I could do this with one arm and eat Twinkies with the other hand. And that, that, that would not be good exercise. But that's the wrong kind of exercise. Some people do that. My wife and I used to go to Planet Fitness every Thursday. When I worked, we used to go to Planet Fitness every Thursday. But the mistake that we would make is we'd go out to eat afterwards. And... <laughs> But I used to justify that in my mind. Well, sis, listen, I burned off so many calories. So I've got, I'm have so many to the good. So I can catch back up and, and we'll, we'll be even. We'll be even. There'll be a net loss. But that doesn't always work. But some of the mistakes you, people make is, hey, overconfidence. I, I'll tell you what. I, haven't run, I used to run in college, believe it or not. I used to take, actually used to take weight training in college, and we had to take phys ed. Well, we'd run two miles, and you had to run two miles in, I think, 12 minutes, which really, if you've run it all, is kind of slow, really. But two miles in 12 minutes, I used to be able to run. So since I ran in college, I think tomorrow I'm gonna run a marathon. Well, that's silly, isn't it? That doesn't make any sense, but sometimes, Sometimes we're that way spiritually. We say, God, I haven't read my Bible for a few days, but I can can call into my reserve of spirituality from a few days ago, and I can go out and conquer the world. That's overconfidence. That's overconfidence spiritually. That's exercising overconfidence spiritually. Um, Psalm 131.1 says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in things too high for me. You know, we need to come humbly before God as a little child to learn things and to, be, to exercise ourselves unto godliness instead of coming in with, oh, you know, I know stuff. You know, we come to church that way. Hey, don't raise your hand. But if you ever come to church and have the pastor or somebody else say, I mean, I've been at church for 40 years. You don't think I've, I've heard a couple messages that were about the same? I mean, <laughs> you know, all my life. I mean, that's going to happen. There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, actually, somebody could preach on the cross for a year and never, and never uh, you know, run out of material. So, but if you ever come into church and say, well, I could tune out. I know this. I know this message. I'm living this message. I don't need to listen. Don't you think that's, that's overconfidence. We should be teachable when we come to church. And I was thinking about this this week. Don't you think that there's somebody in China that would love to hear the same message five or six times? Sit there in freedom and have somebody get up there and preach and not be afraid to have somebody take them away and hear the same message that they heard before. But we get overconfident. You know, the older I get, the older I get, the more I'm disgusted with how proud I am. I'm really, you know, pride is the big sin. And the older I get, the more I realize, you know, you are so stinking proud. And uh, I get disgusted with that. You know what the problem is? I don't know about you, but I tend to think I'm more spiritual than I really am. I don't know if you've ever had that problem. But we tend to think we're, we're more spiritual than we really are. And we think, you know, hey, I'm pretty good. No, we're not sometimes. We need, sometimes we just need to listen. We need to listen. We need to be teachable. We need to be teachable. Go to Psalms. Go to Psalms. Psalm 25. Psalm 25 and verse 4. It says, Show me thy ways, O Lord, Teach me thy paths. Teach me thy paths. Verse 5 says, lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. All the day. Verse 12 says, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Psalm 86, 11. Psalm 86, 11. Says, Teach me in thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. To hear, to fear thy name. You know, we need to be teachable. Just like you don't go into exercise saying, Hey, you know, in college I could lift, I think I got up to like 250 pounds, bench press, you know. And, um, but I was 18 years old in the shape of my life. So it would be a bad thing for me to go out tomorrow and say, OK, I'm going to bench press 250 pounds. Well, you know, I don't have 250 pounds of weights at home, thankfully. And I'm not going to try that anyway. But if I did, my wife would find me with a weight on my chest. I might get it off the bar. But then it would come crashing down. So it's just like lifting weights, we don't need to be overconfident or exercising. We need to be humble. You know, even God blessed wicked kings in the Old Testament that came into him. There are several instances. Like Ahab humbled himself. And God didn't kill him right away. <laughs> but, but he humbled himself. And then when he did, God paid attention. Hezekiah humbled himself. There was a lot of a couple other ones that were bad guys. But they humbled themselves. And... Uh, so the first thing is not to be overconfident when you exercise. Don't be overconfident. And, uh, because that's a bad habit to be in. A bad habit to be in. The second one. Go turn your Bible to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Second Peter chapter 2. Sorry, I'm not there. 2 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse, and he's talking about false teachers, but we can learn from this. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they self willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption." And they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children which have forsaken the right way, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. The second thing we can be exercised, we can be exercised covetousness. We can exercise covetousness. You know, you can exercise in wrong things spiritually. It's easy to get in bad habits. It's easy to get in bad habits. And you gotta understand, the more you exercise, the easier it is the next time. I think everybody would agree with me that exercises, you make a habit of exercising, the more you do it, the easier it is next time. Well, the more we exercise covetousness, the easier it is to covet next time and covet the time after that and covet the time after that. You know, um, the Bible says in Exodus, in Exodus, Chapter uh, Chapter 30, covetousness is one of the Ten Commandments. It says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, his ass, or anything that is your neighbor's. Anything that is your neighbor's. We could slip into the habit of exercising covetousness. Exercising covetousness. And in in, in our passage at Second Peter, it talks about Eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetousness. We could slip into the bad habits. You know, we have to be careful about what goes in our head, what goes in our mind, what goes in our eyes. It's comparing, it's comparing covetousness with adultery and everything else. We have to be careful about that. You know, we have to be careful what we watch. The, the, we don't watch lustful things. We don't watch somebody, you know, some, uh, so many times I thought sometimes what people watch on television, you wouldn't, I wouldn't let a guy swear in my house. Uh, but sometimes we'll listen to a guy swear. Or we'll see a bad image or something like that. And we think because we're Christians, we're immune to that. The more we practice doing that, the more we're gonna keep doing it. Practice, you can practice good, exercise good. We can exercise evil. We can exercise evil. You know, minds wander. Never think it won't happen to you. Never think that. Um, We have, I have a, a guy, one of the men that, when I was going to college, there was a guy in his 40s, 50s, that used to teach the adult Sunday school class in my home church. I highly respected this guy. I respected, I thought, he was the, I thought he was a spiritual giant. I really did. What did he do? His wife is diagnosed with cancer, which he eventually died of. While she has cancer, he messes around with a woman at work and eventually divorces his dying wife And marries this woman. When I found out about it, I wanted to take a gun and go shoot the guy. But but he was a highly respected guy. He was practicing covetousness. That's why I pray for everybody that works in the workplace, in the world. Don't get caught up. It's easy. Don't think this can't happen to you. It can happen to you. You know, Solomon warned about the strange woman. Solomon mentioned a strange woman in chapter five of Proverbs, chapter six, chapter seven, chapter nine, chapter 22, chapter 23. There's there's six chapters in Solomon where he talks about the strange woman in detail and warns people, stay away from the strange woman. That's why, young people, that's why you should read Proverbs every day. That's why, old people, we need to listen to Proverbs every day because we're not immune from it either. But read Proverbs every day. Listen to the warning. But you know what? You know, the Bible says, that, physician, heal thyself. First Kings chapter 11, the first verse, but Solomon loved many strange women. He should have listened to his own advice. He should have listened to his own advice. And, you, and when Solomon was dedicating the temple and when he was praying and he was saying, God, oh, I, you're so holy. And and, I'm, I, and when he was coming to God and saying, God, I'm a little child. I need your wisdom. I need, I need you to, to uh, help me lead these people because I don't know anything. And, and when you see him dedicating the temple, he prays and, and uh, boy, he sounds like the most spiritual guy on earth. But, and then he warns us in Proverbs to stay away from the strange women. What does he do? That Solomon loved many strange women that took away his heart. Took away his heart. Don't practice covetousness. Don't let your mind wander. By the way, there's strange men, too. Okay? I'm sure you've seen some of them, you know, <laughs> but, but I don't mean that. I mean it in the text of the strange women. Don't let somebody give you flattering words at the workplace and tell you how good you are. Um, we used to have a woman where I worked that I was afraid of because she'd come in and say, hey, and I'd say, hey, I'm out of here, and I'd, I would run, I would run. Because it scared me to death. We don't need to hear that. You know why? You've got an ego and I've got an ego. And if somebody walks up and says, you know, you're such a great guy or you're such a pretty girl, you're such a nice girl. Boy, I'd like to get to know you better. Get away from them. Listen to wisdom. Exercise the good things. Don't exercise covetousness. Don't exercise adultery. Don't let those things go in your mind. You know, it scares me to death about myself at 67 years old. There's, some, there's times I just want to kick myself across the room and, um, you know, run around the house. I can't run anymore, but I would still like, I still sometimes want to kick myself. Well, you know, I pray for all our young people. I pray for everybody on the job. Say, God, please keep their heart pure. Please don't make them, let them make a wrong decision. Wrong choices can ruin your life. I mean, they can really mess up your life for a long time. And we need to be aware of that. Aware of that. Solomon knew better. He knew better. But he slipped. He slipped. He quit exercising the good way. And he started exercising. He started exercising covetousness and idolatry and adultery. And you read the end of his life, and he's offering sacrifices to strange gods and all kinds of things. He knew better. He knew better. But he had the wrong kind of exercise. Hebrews 2, verse 1 says, We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let them slip. It's easy to let them slip. You know, the Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour every one of us. Every one of us. And sometimes, don't ever think I'm immune to that kind of thing. No, you're not. You've got rotten flesh. Your heart's deceitful. We have enough pride in each one of us, like I said before, that wants to hear flattering words. And uh, we need to be careful. Be careful. And... Um, And take earnest heed. Well, what's the right kind of exercise? What's the right kind of exercise? Go back to 1 Timothy. Go back to our text. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables. You know, I've, profane means dirty. You know, I've worked with, I mean, nothing against women. Nothing against you women in the workplace. But I have worked with a bunch of lost women. And I'm telling you what, I'll just be frank with you. Some of them had way dirtier mouths than the men did. Um, just to leave it at that. But be careful, <laughs> be careful. But anyway, I'm, I'm, this is the positive part of the message. So I don't want to go back there. But refuse, but refuse profane and old wise fables, but exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For, oh, I lost my place. Exercise of godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and a life that is to come. When I was in college, when I was in college, I went to a Christian university. And, uh, you know, uh, but... There were some different people there. So there's this one guy. He's studying. He's studying. I think he was studying for the ministry, but maybe something else. This guy used to spend all his free time in the weight room. All of it. And uh, he built up his muscles so much, he looked like, I mean, a, I mean, he'd walk around campus like this. <laughs> and he couldn't bend over because his he couldn't because his, his muscles were like that. He paid extra money to the dining common to give him a high protein diet. And, uh, 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 and he was, the guy was strong. One of the strongest guys I'd ever seen. And he, uh, but, and the girls used to swoon over this guy. He had the spirituality of a pumpkin. <laughs> I'm serious, I'm serious. He had the spirituality of a pumpkin. Here he is in a place where he could have learned some things that would be profitable for his life. I hope he didn't end up in the ministry. Maybe he got right if he did. I, you know, I hope. But anyway, uh, he, uh, he had the spirituality of a pumpkin. Bodily exercise profiteth little. Profiteth little. Um, but we need to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Exercise ourselves unto godliness. We need to find out what God is like, and exercise that. You know, Jeremiah, the Bible says that the Lord exercises loving kindness. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Does that describe you? Does that describe me? God exercises loving kindness. He exercises loving kindness. You know, we should show loving kindness to people. Have pity. On people, sympathize with people. You know, we should we should exercise love and kindness to our neighbors. But you know, we should also exercise love and kindness to people in our church, to people in here. We need to find out about people and what their problems are, and exercise loving kindness. You know, when we walk up to somebody and we find out, you know, I'll be honest with you. I have a confession to make. When I was working all the time. Half the time I walked in here, I was too tired to care about some of you. Now that I'm retired, I've been finding out stuff from some of you folks that I never knew before because I take time to talk. I'm not too tired to talk. We should exercise loving kindness like God exercises loving kindness. God has been so good to me. I I just can't hardly, I, I just wanna burst sometimes. And God is always good. God is always good. And um, he has been very good to me. So we should exercise loving kindness. And exercise kindness. You know, the more we exercise, the better we get at it. The more we exercise loving kindness, the easier it is next time. The easier it is next time. We need to exercise loving kindness. And if we exercise enough, We can move up to the five-pound weight, Uh, and but we need to. That's the last one, by the way. Uh, I I I, I didn't want to have a fifty-pound weight, and they go, "Mm." you know, that kind of thing. We need to exercise loving kindness, loving kindness. Um, Exercise prayer, exercise prayer. Prayer takes work. Prayer takes exercise. We need to work at it. But the more we do it, the easier it becomes. The easier it becomes. When Jesus was in the garden, he was praying and he sweat great drops of blood. He was exercising in prayer. He was exercising in prayer. And that's what we need to do. You know, I told my wife a couple weeks ago that I hated reading the book of Nehemiah, and I don't know why, but it's one of those books that I always got bogged down in. You know, and it has a lot of names in it, and I never got a big charge about, you know, we're going to build the wall and that kind of thing. Sorry, but you know what? This time I read Nehemiah, God is slapping me around saying, how come you didn't like Nehemiah? You know why Nehemiah is so good? Nehemiah is an exercise in prayer. An exercise in prayer. You go, go to Nehemiah. Go to Nehemiah. I, uh, I guess that's right. <laughs> I, I look at it my watch. I don't know if it's right or not, but hopefully. Go to Nehemiah. Uh, let's see. This is another thing I should exercise, finding stuff in the Bible. When I was a kid, I used to win Bible drills. The older I get, the more I said, would somebody move it? Uh, it's just, just like 1st and 2nd Timothy and, um, and Thessalonians. I could have sworn that Timothy was before Thessalonians. I could have sworn it was. And I keep trying to find it there. Well, it's not there. but. <laughs> Uh, but I need to exercise where stuff is. You go to chapter one in Nehemiah, you go to chapter one in Nehemiah, and we always talk about the Nehemiah prayer in chapter two, when when the guy asks him, what do you want? And he says, I prayed unto the Lord, okay? So he did an emergency prayer. But what got him in the right frame of mind for the emergency prayer was Nehemiah chapter one. And they came, verse 3, and they said unto me, The remnant of their left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also was broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And said I, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes be open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now night and day or day and night for the children of Israel thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou hast commanded. Uh, thy servant Moses. Remember I beseech thee the word that thy commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among all nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though they were of you cast out into the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. So his prayer in chapter one gets him ready for the prayer, the quick prayer in chapter two, because his heart is right with God. But there's ten more times in the book of Nehemiah where he prays. There's 10 more times. We'll quickly look at them. Chapter 2, verse 4, that's the one that, where he, he, pray, he says, praise to the God of heaven and says, God, basically, God help me. But chapter 4, verse 4 says, Hear, O God, for we are despised and turn our reproach upon their own head and give them a prey in the land of e- ne- ne- uh, captivity. Verse 9 says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them. Day and night, he's talking about the enemies. Chapter 5, verse 19, Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Chapter 6 and verse 9, For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that is not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Verse 14, My God, think upon Tobiah and Samballot, according to those their works, and to the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets that have put me in fear. Uh, Go to uh, chapter 13, chapter 13 and verse 14, chapter 13 and verse 14. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and the office thereof. Chapter, verse 22. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves, that they should come and keep the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of thy mercy. Uh, verse 29. Remember them, O God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and of the Levites. Verse 31, and for the wood offering at times appointed, and for the fruits, remember me, O my God, for good. Nehemiah was a man of prayer. Nehemiah prayed, he exercised prayer. For 12 verses, he exercised. Why do you think he had the ability to rebuild the walls? Because he kept praying, and he was praying about little things. God, they despise me. Remember me, O God, they're giving me trouble. It's almost like the Psalms where David says, They want to kill me, oh God, help me out. Uh, it's almost the same, it's the same thing. And sometimes we don't exercise prayer enough because we think we think we can handle the situation <laughs> and we can't. But we need to exercise prayer. The more you exercise, the easier it becomes the next time. The next time. Keep exercising. Keep exercising prayer. Keep exercising it. And another thing we need to do is exercise our mind. Exercise our mind. Memorize scripture. Memorize scripture. Remember I was talking about the strange woman and staying away from the strange woman. Uh, You know what helped me when I was a teenager, when I was growing up? Memorizing scripture. Uh, And we all need to do that. But we all need to do it, especially if we're having problems in a certain area. 1 Corinthians 10.13 is a verse I quoted a million times when I was a teenager. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And that's exercising your mind. The more you quote that to yourself... When you look at something you shouldn't have seen and you want to look again, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, we think sometimes it's just a young person's problem. I'm 67 years old. I want to look again too. But there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Uh, and another verse, um, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Do you realize Jesus was tempted to do everything you're tempted to do? It says all points. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That's comforting to me. Jesus was tempted in every point. He was tempted to lust. He was tempted to covet. He was tempted to do all those things, but yet he didn't sin. Yet he didn't sin. Um, Another verse, which I used to have memorized, but it's not memorized anymore, is I get I have most of it. Philippians four eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. I love that verse. That's another verse I used to quote constantly when I was a teenager, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, that's a Bible principle, the replacement principle. You get rid of something bad, you replace it with something good. It's just not good enough to get rid of something bad. You need to replace it with something good. Well, replace it with something lovely. Think about Think about Jesus Christ and how lovely he is and how he took away our sins and how we with you got saved he took away your filthy rotten sin. And sometimes when I do fall and when I sin I picture myself pulling some of his beard out and slapping Jesus in the face because he died for that sin. He died for this wretch. He did. So think about things. Memorize scripture. You say, oh, I can't memorize scripture. Well, you know what? You know, the scripture we have for the month, the more you read your Bible, the more you're gonna memorize scripture. If you read your Bible over and over and over again, I've noticed three quarters of the congregation knows this passage for this month because you've read it over and over and over again. Uh, And it's good to do that in the course of the day it worked when somebody would cuss me out. And uh, there's, if I could fight off the temptation and not grab him, um once in a while it would just grab a hold of a guy and better stop. But, <laughs> but uh, after you overcome that, it's good to quote a scripture and clean your mind up. The Bible says in, uh, what was it saying, John? washing of the water by the word and that's a good way to do it exercise those things exercise those things how about you how about me how are we doing how are we doing are we exercising ourselves in spiritual things you know a, a spiritual discipline that develops growth quality time in the bible quality time in prayer regular church attendance fellowship with God's people By the way, you know, I'm not on the payroll, so whatever I say, I guess I'm responsible for it. But let me just say this you know, there's people under the sound of my voice that I miss seeing in this church. We need you here. I need you here. I need to fellowship with you. I need you to build me up. I need to build you up. And it breaks my heart to see people that, that think that church attendance isn't important. It really does. I'll never forget the first time after COVID, we had a church service. I stood there and wept because I love this place. And if you're a member here, you should love this place. And you should want to be here. And uh, that's exercise, exercise in fellowship, exercise in fellowship. You know, I realize when people are sick, we don't want you here. <laughs> but other than that, come to church, come to church. You know, there's, we've got some people that haven't been here since COVID, to be frank. I miss them. I miss them. You should miss them too. And we need to pray for them. But you know what? That's exercise. Exercise. Fellowship is exercise. And we need to do that. If we don't, you know what happens when you don't exercise? You go backward. I used to be able to bench press 200 pounds. You could hold a gun to my head. I am not going to bench press 200 pounds. You might as well just shoot me. I won't try. Okay? Uh, Why? Because I let it slip. I let it slip. But the more you exercise, the easier it is. The easier it is. Go to Hebrews chapter 5 and we'll be done. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse, starting with verse 11. Uh, yeah, we'll start with verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and to become such as have need of milk and of strong drink, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use, by reason of use, unless you exercise, you don't get stronger. You don't, get, you don't become one that should be a teacher. You become one that ha, can only drink milk. But it says we should exercise our senses to discern both good and evil. You want to navigate this world? Exercise. Get in that Bible. Exercise. Don't just read it. Don't just say, I read my verses for today. Get something out of it. Get something out of it. One of the biggest blessings I started doing several years ago is writing things down when I read my Bible. I filled up notebooks. I started on a new one. And uh, every day I'm writing in there. What, what does writing do? Hopefully somebody someday can read it. But, uh, but uh, I'm printing. But, but, uh, but write it down. Think about it. And since I have started doing that, God has shown me so many things. And sometimes I just sit there and I'm writing. And I'm writing a whole page and stuff like that. Well, that's exercise. So I encourage you, if you don't have an exercise program, start one. Start one. Come to church. That's an exercise. Come to church. Uh, Be active in church. Talk to people when you're here. Uh, Pray. Read your Bible. Um, Stay away from covetousness, stuff like that. Make up your mind that you're going to be, and I should make up my mind, that I'm going to be able to lift more spiritual weights a year from now than what I'm lifting now. Instead of letting it slip. Letting it slip. And, uh, but do that. Do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for how it speaks to me. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit, God, that uh, convicts us of sin, convicts me of sin. And, God, help us, help me to be aware of all that you've done for me. Help me to be aware of how I need to keep exercising to become stronger spiritually. Keep exercising so I can be a good servant of yours. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.